Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today, our guest is Peter Fexelman, and he is a seasoned investor and has been a leader in the real estate industry for over 30 years. He successfully completed over 3,600 deals, and today he leads a team of real estate professionals who continue to close deals across the country. Peter, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Great to have me. Thank you. Peter, can you share a little bit about your background and how you got started with real estate? Sure. It was actually by accident, came out of a totally unrelated industry, was trying to figure out what to do with my life, read a very a book that I never even heard about by an author I never heard of. Next thing you know, I was in real estate. I did it the wrong way. I'll be honest with you. I bought too quickly. I bought too many, lost all of it, by the way, within six months. Not only did I lose everything I bought, I lost all the money I had. A couple of months later, borrowed a bunch of more money, lost all that. And you know, it was just pretty much destitute. It took me years to get out of that. So it was safe to say that for the first three years, I worked for nothing, like literally nothing. Could have worked at McDonald's and made more money, but it got me tough. It got me understanding certain things. It got me certain business principles that to this day I strive by. And, you know, 20 some years later and thousands of deals later, you know, here I am still standing. <laughs> what was it about it that continued, you know, allowing you to persevere and push forward in that type of environment when you could have easily just, you know, threw in the towel and shifted into something else. Well, and that was exactly what you said. I couldn't have easily done it because I had nothing else to do. You know, I didn't have the skill set. I didn't, you know, although I had education, I was an awful student. So I really didn't even have that to fall back on. I really had no real life experience. Everything I had done up to that point was more or less entrepreneur, was more or less at a small scale. Nothing I wanted to jump in. And because my background was not this verse background where I had a huge college degrees or anything to fall back on or any incredible connections, that actually was the thing that kept me in. I didn't have anything else to do. I didn't have anything else to do that the kind of upside this business did. Although I was a miserable failure in the beginning, I never doubted the business. You know, I never confused that this was the business's fault or I was a victim of some circumstances. I just always understood I just wasn't doing it the right way. But I always knew that the kind of upside that this business had, there was nowhere, nowhere with my qualifications and my expertise that I could achieve that. So in the end, what is exactly that. I did not throw in the towel because I had nothing else to go to. What do you think changed that allowed you to become successful and for allowed you to shift it from those couple of times where you failed in the beginning into where you are today? What did you do differently? Well, the biggest shift back then, which by the way, to this day, when people ask me, you know, the key, the key, the key, the key to success, the shortcut to success, you know. And it happened back then, and that was this, my understanding of the importance of alignment. Because at that very dark moments of my life back then, when I had lost it all, when I had screwed it all up, where I had nothing else to fall back on, I met somebody who ultimately ended up uh, being my first, I guess you would say, coach or mentor. And that's for the first time in my life. It was weird because I've done other things before then. I had 
some successes before then, but I truly, truly never understood the concept of alignment, the ability to align yourself with other successful people. And to this day, so number one, that was the number one thing and pretty much the only thing that got out of me that mess that I had created for myself. But to this day, it is the most powerful business tool that I use, and that is the ability and the understanding that why it's so important to align myself. I spend my whole day looking and chasing relationships and building relationships and aligning myself with other organizations, people, companies, and things like that. So for you, what are the important qualities or aspect and characteristics that you look for when you're looking to align yourself with those successful people and the people that you want to surround yourself with? Well, it's pretty simple. They have achieved what I want to achieve. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. I mean, you know, look, the basics are the basics. You still obviously want to get along with somebody. You know, you want to have some kind of mutual thing that I can give back to them because I want to contribute to that. So that goes without saying really much in any relationship. But the reality is, you know, the specific, specific core of alignment is all tied into aligning yourself with individuals or organizations that in the end have what you have and have achieved what you want to achieve and have paid the price, you know, because there's always a price. It's just a matter of who's going to pay the price. Are you going to pay the price yourself? It's a price of failure, price of disappointment, price of money, price, price, price. You know, are you going to pay it all yourself or are you going to align yourself and as much as possible piggyback off the price they paid? But it's beyond just the price. It's the prize. They've achieved the prize and they know how to do it. And so in the end, it's the focus of how, who is, do they have what I'm aiming to get? And those are the people that I try to align myself with. So fast forward to where you are today, Peter, what are you focused on now within real estate? My model's simple. I partner with people. All of my deals now are with, done with people across the United States. For me, the, these individuals become important because, as you know, real estate's a local business. Any way you slice it, no matter how smart, how savvy, how tight in you are, it's a local business. So my partners across the United States, they give me that local presence. They give us that you know, boots in the ground, eyes and ears. But in turn, what I and my company do for them is we give them what I consider to be the essential pillars of success. You know, just like in any business, every business has got its must-haves that are just non-negotiable. Real estate's one of them. By the way, this is a big reason why so few people ever make it in real estate. They don't understand what these pillars are. They don't understand what these must-haves are. But what they are is this. We coach all of our local partners in the art of being a successful investor. We actually invest money in the cities they live in, and we help them generate leads and opportunities. So we get involved in the marketing end. We provide them a back office. You know, we handle all the paperwork, contracts, inspections, negotiate. We help with negotiations, appraisals, coordinate buyers, sellers. So every paperwork, you name it, we handle that. I give them as much money as they need to do whatever deals they want to do. So my local partners spend zero money out of pocket. We help with the construction, even in the back end, and then we just put them in the market, sell them and split the profits down the middle, 50-50. And so that is my current model. It's something I've been doing for many, many years. We have a whole team, and we have incredible, incredible stories as a result of what we do and just incredible, incredible things that have taken place by helping people who want to basically level up in life. You've been in the real estate industry for decades and decades. So you've seen a lot of ups and downs and all the different market cycles. 
Where we are today in today's current environment, what do you see differently that's happening today? And how is real estate changing now than what you've seen in the past? Well, reality is, it's like you said, it's ups and down. Real estate is always up. It's always down. I think what we're seeing right now today that we necessarily did not see before is the speed at which some of this stuff happened. You know, obviously, we've had a huge market correction that some people consider to be correct a crash. I mean, there's some pockets where I've been doing deals where we've seen 5, 10, 15% depreciation a month. Real estate's gone down before. It's not the first time, but that kind of expediency, at least in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like that. So here's the way you wrap this. It's an incredible opportunity to be in the real estate business right now. Having said, for obvious reasons, you want to get in when something's low, things are going low right now, you want to get in high, doesn't matter if it's real estate, bonds, stocks, you know, precious metals. But at the same time, you can get very hurt in markets like this if you don't know how to correctly write them in or write them up, write them down and all this. And so the key right now is, well, a couple of keys. One is to realize we're in an incredibly abundant market. The opportunities now, the deals we're doing is just unbelievable. But having said that, you got to know what you're doing. You got to know from how to, what used to be deal six months ago is no longer a deal. So you got to know how to react to the market. You got to know how to read the market. You got to know how to look at the numbers differently, comps differently, values different. Everything's changed. So huge opportunities. Opportunities are only get bigger because motivation is only increasing. You just got to know what you're doing. And if you realize what you got and you realize how to handle it, then this is an incredible, incredible time to be doing this. So I want to follow up on that speed aspect of it a little bit more, because I think exactly like what you said, with speed, a lot of times you could falter, you could miss some things and you can get in it really quickly. But there's quite a bit to lose, too, if you're not doing the right steps. How are you protecting yourself in the case of, you know, as you're moving, you're speeding along, you're building up the portfolio? How do you protect yourself in case of something happens in the market? The market significantly shifts. There's a downturn. You know, there's talks of recessions coming up. So, what are some of the things, the key factors that you evaluate or you make sure that are in place in your deals to protect you in these types of events? So, one, you have to know how to interpret the market. It's different than you did six months ago. You know, just from basic things of figuring out a value of something, you know, before, you know, you can go into recent history and figure out what's out. You can't do that anymore because recent history might show something at 100 when the last four or five months, the market's crashed. It's no longer. So you got to know how to interpret it from a perspective of values. Number two, I've gotten to be a much shorter term investor right now because the market's still dropping in a lot of areas and there is uncertainty in the marketplace. So if you get in the projects right now that are going to last a year, two years, three years, that's too uncertain to me because we don't know what's going to happen a year, two years or three years. Again, it's all in my opinion, it's going to be very positive, but we don't know to what levels. So I'm a much more short term player right now. I'm not looking to do a year, two, three years, you know, my sweet spot right now, is somewhere between three, four, five months. You know, if I can get in and get out that even though there would be market swings within that short period of time, it's the kind that we could handle. You get into now a year down the road, it's just unknown. It's just a flat out. I don't know if anyone knows. There's plenty of people predicting and there's plenty of people got an opinion, but nobody truly knows. So understanding how to read the tea leaves of the market understand how to determine values, understand what team players you have to have on board, because sometimes the information we get 
is from people who don't understand what's going on. That's another very important thing. So make sure the right you got a right team around you. And the biggest one for me is just staying short term from perspective. Get in, get out, get in, get out, get in, get out. You know, that to me is the ultimate hedge against everything that's taking place. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. If you're unable to look at history because we're in an unprecedented times right now, so you like what you said, you really can't take a look at history. You can use that as a data set, a data point to, you know, make some type of to help you understand a little bit more, give you color around it, but you can't just solely rely on that information. What other tools or what other metrics do you utilize to help you understand the values of the markets that you're getting into? Well, look, you can look at history. You just can't look at history the way you used to look at history. Like, whereas before, it'd be no problem looking at a something and saying, well, let me look at the last eight months, what's taking place here, and let me take a look at it. And usually within, let's say, you know, you look at something four, five, six months, and you would just, you'd be able to tell, look, this is a million-dollar operation here, a million-dollar you could still look at history, but now I would look at shorter-term history. I wouldn't look at six, eight, nine months. I would squeeze everything in into almost real-time history, like a month or two, maybe three months down the road. And then I would project it forward, meaning if you're in a place where things are obviously dropping 5% a month or 10% a month, you know you can't even say, okay, well, the value is here today. But if you're in that thing for the next three to four months, you better project that another 5%, 10% drop. So whereas before history could be done at the... It could be stopped at the point you bought it because it's, you know, it's pretty much consistent across the board. Now you have to project some things forward. And to me, and again, this goes back to my model, you got to have the right people around you who understand what's going on. You know, you can't, things are happening so quickly. I don't think technologies, whereas before you could look at technology because it's just technology just past data. Now you got to really have a handle on that market to the level of a person, I think. So like, for instance, now, and I guess I've always done this, but right now we have local experts, or we consider to be experts, to be involved on decision-making process. Because the other person who's in the market, who understands the market, they got a pretty good feel for the market too. You know, they could see, okay, look, there's no question. This thing, this is where it's happening and all this. So more current history, not just history, but also project things forward. And really, really rely heavily on local market experts. But I would even take it a step further. It's not just local market experts. It's local pocket experts. Because right now, it's very pocket-driven. I guess it's always been pocket-driven. But you could be in any, you can be in L.A. in one area, and you go a mile down the road, and you're in a totally different area. You know, nothing is the same. Nothing feels, smells, tastes the same. And so when we're doing our deals, we get not even market experts involved, we get pocket experts involved. So a combination of all those, 
Look, you could still make very good decisions. There's always uncertainty. It's real estate. There's no guarantees. Thank God. Because if there were guarantees, everybody would be doing this thing and we would all be in trouble. So the fact that we're in this business, there's always that risk. But that's okay. Because that's if you know how to interpret it that right, right way, that's not a bad thing either. Are there markets where you had focused on previously in the past and now you're shifting the strategy a little bit to other types of markets or are you continuing forward in the markets that you've already built the relationships and your local teams in? Yeah, I think I'm more of a not a get out of the market necessarily where I know a lot of experts would disagree. I'm more of a you might have to change your margins in a market. So there were markets that we were doing deals with certain amount of margins, but based upon that they're still on their way value down based upon that they have not stabilized to another hedged for all of this, just increase your margins. You know, before you could do it at, you know, whatever, 20% margin. Now you might have to go at 30, 35% margins. Look, margins is the answer to everything in real estate. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you know how to do things the right way, you know how to keep them, you know, how to increase your margins, you pretty much... That's the answer to 95% of the problems you're going to face in real estate. Do you have maybe one or two favorite markets that you like to focus in? No, I have partners I like to focus in on. Remember, I'm, an, I'm a partner-driven investment investor. And so my belief is in people is greater than the, my belief in geography. Because when I there are certain areas I have super partners in, just unbelievable partners. And I could tell you, it doesn't matter if they were in a different market. The person is really what makes this business. You know, the ups and downs, that goes all the time. But that can ability, and that's why I love doing what I do, the ability to connect with incredible people across the United States. So I'm not that driven by that, by markets like the way you're asking. I'm more partnered, people-driven than I am anything else. What is the best way for you or where have you found the most success in finding those partners that you really want to bring onto your team? Just like this. They hear about my message. They listen to what I do. And they're like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. You mean somebody will teach me this. They'll invest and help me find properties in my market. They'll do the back office. They'll give me money to do this. And they'll even help with construction. How do I get started? The message speaks for itself. So most of my partners have come as a result. Many of my partners come as a result of just getting the word out through individuals and organizations like yours. So what is next for you? And what are you focused on coming up here? Just scaling. I mean, I love what I do. The company is, you know, I, I have incredible people here helping me with the vision and the mission. And so we want to help as many people as possible who want to level up in life, who want to see more, do more, achieve more. So I'm in a very much a scale type of a mode right now. One of the things too we've been hearing quite a bit is there, you know, with the real estate market, people are a little bit hesitant about getting in. If this is the first time that they're getting started in, there's a little bit of hesitancy to kind of wait out and see what's going to happen. Do you think it's still a good time to get into real estate in this current environment? Or is it better to kind of sit and wait out to see how the environment is going to shift and change in the upcoming months? Well, like I said, this is the best market I have seen. I can't remember when. But you can't time real estate. Because if you happen to buy, even by accident, get at the right time, what happens six months later when the market changes? You're dead. And so, you know, you might be able to time in something like a stock where you can get in and out in a second. Real estate is not a business you get in and out over a minute. 
And so real estate, I always tell people, is not a timed business. It is a knowledge-based business. And it isn't more than that. It's an implementation-based business. So you really got to know what you're doing. You can get killed in any market. There is no one market. Everybody jumps in and make money. And if that happens, it's just because they got lucky and they'll get killed in the next three months because the market will change a little bit. So you got to know what you're doing. It has nothing to do with today's market. From the answer to your question, conceptually, this is an incredible market. But that's not why to get into it. You got to get into it because you, if you get into it, you got to get into it because you understand what you're doing. But more importantly than knowledge, you got to know how to implement things the right way. That's really what creates longevity. And real estate is one of those businesses you have to look at it from a longevity perspective. It's not like winning the lottery. You just need one big hit. You know, Even if you just need one big project in real estate to create a life, that's possible. But you're not going to just get in and do that you know, billion-dollar project. That's not how this business works. So you got to look at it from a long-term perspective. And knowledge and implementation are absolutely critical. Another reason why I love my model, the ability to partner with people and help them level up. And Peter, how has real estate investing impacted your life? Well, it's changed everything. I mean, it's really given us options that you know otherwise wouldn't have. It's changed it in the two biggest areas why people get in this business financially, obviously, and lifestyle. You know, people that those are the two areas that people want to level up in. Something to do with money and something to do with their lifestyle. Time control, ability to do it when you want to do it, with who you want to do it, how often you want to do it, as long as you want to do it. And so, you know, once you get past that certain point of finances and once that you get past a certain point of lifestyle, then I don't know what else you could do beside those two areas. So I would say it's changing in every way, shape or possible. And if there's one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be? Well, look, it's everybody gets in because of the upside, right? And not too many people think people think about the downside, but I don't think anybody truly, truly, truly understands the downside. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it takes people have to experience the devastating downside of this business. And so I don't even know if I would answer that question. Like for my career, it is what it is. I wouldn't change a single thing, but I probably jumped in too quickly, did too many things too fast. And, you know, I lost control is really probably the best way to describe it. And so I would probably do that differently if I if I could. I don't even know if I would, but if I could, I guess I might change that a little bit. What is the one thing that you would have started with first if you were to, you know, start all over today? I would start with one. I started with six projects and that's not smart. From a knowledge perspective, from an abilities perspective, experience perspective, team, pers- every perspective, I did it the wrong way. You know, I was excited. You know, there's nothing wrong being excited, but there's something to be said about being somewhat rational. And I irrationally jumped in. And then I think it also has to do with understanding your own personal capabilities and what your limits are at the same time and not overcommitting as well. And that's easy to do in this business. There's a lot of shiny objects in this business who look like shiny objects, but they're <laughs> with shiny objects. They're decoys for the newbies. And, you know, I fell full head over heels into those. Chocolate covered gold. <laughs> 100%. I saw it. I saw it in my eyes. <laughs> and Peter, what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate? I don't know if there's one thing, but it's perseverance. 
you know, it's stability. It's probably the same thing as extends with anything. You know, you pick up, you got to have the right habits. I think real life is habit driven. Perseverance. Nobody does this overnight. The ability to withstand. The ability to align yourself. We've talked about that because I don't think anybody, this is one of those businesses you're not going to do it yourself. I don't care what, if not, if you want to be successful. And you got to be long-term player. You know, you got to be coachable. You got to be long-term player. So I think it's a combination of all those things. And Peter, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? The model's called partner-driven. You know, sometimes the best way to get a hold of me or find out about me, just follow me on social media. You know, any of the plat, you can go to Instagram.com slash Peter Vexelman. You see my name there. So yeah, go to Instagram, put my name in, follow me, see my philosophy, see how I do things. You know, there's a way to connect to me through there. It's the best way to learn about me. Awesome. Peter, thank you so much for all of your time today. I appreciate it. Enjoyed being here. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.